0: DXFM Pittsburgh
1: I'm putting this in question form and not predicting anything so don't get your knickers in a twist question number one is this the most unlikable team in Stiller's history question number two who is the most unlikable Stiller and why question number three Will that ever catch up with the Steelers and in what ways? Dial 412-333-WXDX now to make your opinion known. The last question is the one that intrigues most because the general belief is that nothing could ever hurt the Steelers. That Pittsburgh just loves and will always watch the Steelers. will be loyal no matter what. And that ...is probably true. Probably. But the season ticket base is aging. That's an old crowd at Heinz Field. And old people are the type of people... ...who have got to be getting tired of all the shenanigans... ...and let's not forget the ongoing National Anthem controversy. The Steelers have underachieved in the Bell and Brown era... ...and everybody knows it. And then you've got Ben going to retire in the near future... ...and then the Steelers start to lose and A.B. abandons that sinking ship like a rat. At that point, the old people are pissed and maybe dead, a lot of them. Young people are fair weather. They don't tolerate losing. The loyalty factor is in there with the entitled me generation. I'm not saying the Steelers won't sell all the tickets, but I am saying there might be a lot of empty seats, a lot of no-shows at Heinz Field when the Steelers are, say, 4-5 and at midseason. Let's say 3-5, and because it's exactly in the middle of the season. Sick again Game brought you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. So, let me ask those questions again. Is this the most unlikable team in Steelers history? Who is the most unlikable Steeler and why? And will that ever catch up with the Steelers, with the last question being the most provocative? Also, let's throw this one in there, since I kind of ad-libbed it at the end of the last hour. When you see Antonio Brown venting and ranting like he did yesterday, authentic NFL gibberish at minicamp, do you think that's a cry for help? Do you think he's serious when he talks about the pressure and he can't be free? I mean, that's ludicrous if he feels that way, but what if he really does feel that way? I'm always very curious about situations like that, about the fragility of ongoing popularity. Look at the Pirates. They won for a couple years and really got a lot of young people in the ballpark. But just three years later, attendance is down 50% of PNC. That says a lot about the me generation, about lack of blind loyalty. And maybe that's good. Even the Penguins. The Penguins have done a marvelous job marketing the young people. But what happens when they start losing? Heck, Pitt can't even attract its own students to sporting events. Pirates are trailing 2-0 at Arizona. Austin Meadows went to catch a fly ball, and he muffed it over the fence for a home run. What's that kid doing in there anyway? Why isn't he in Triple A? Did I mention Sick Again was brought to you by 84 Lumber? If not, well, now you know it is. Breaking news. A traffic stop on a truck with 75 pounds of pot inside led state, local, and federal authorities to search apartments in Pittsburgh and Cranberry where they seized guns and nearly a quarter million dollars worth of concentrated shatter which is a powerful marijuana extract. Ain't that America? Just when pot's about to be legal, they find a version of it that I assume isn't legal. When we'll reached for comment, the Rolling Stones said, <makes noise> uh, "Shadubi, be. Shattered. I can't give it away on 7th Avenue. I bet you could give this stuff away on 7th Avenue. When I got to New York... I always think that i'm standing on 7th avenue which is right by madison square garden and i think boy i really can't give it away on 7th avenue people dressed in plastic bags directed traffic some kind of fashion let's go to mike in mars mike you're on with these super genius Hey, mark how you doing terrific hey i wanted to mention how ridiculous the pirates are but you caught my eye with Uh
0: those
1: uh, I think it's, uh, t- for me, probably you since we're the same age, actually, we share the same ball one day off on the birthday. I'm yeah, birthday who who birthday. cares? Get 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 to the point. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the most hated team for me. I can't stand them. I, I really can't stand them. I mean, I don't like Mike Tomlin, but I know you don't want to go there. Um, and as far as a- and Antonio Brown, I think this is a cry from hell because I think he's just run out of entertaining himself. He's just bored with even that. It's so pathetic, and I think it is. A- I, I don't know that Antonio Brown's ever bored with himself, but that's an interesting hypothesis, and one I am not counting out. Uh, now, now, it would be better if they won, but they haven't won a Super Bowl with this core, although Brown was a sub in the one Super Bowl, the last one they played in, the one they lost to Green Bay. But, but, but you see, that's the problem. If they were winning Super Bowls, it would be cutesy. It would be eccentric. But they're not winning Super Bowls, so it sucks, at least to me. You know, I'm not the be-all, end-all. My opinion doesn't reflect all of Pittsburgh. It doesn't reflect entitled, spoiled brat millennials, that's for sure, and I like it like that, but uh, but I just can't stand this team. Like, even even like, you know what you usually have on a lot of teams? You have, like, the the lesser lights that are that are nice guys, right? Right. Meanwhile, Vince Williams is the biggest douche out there, and he's barely on the team. Certainly, barely on the depth chart. But Mark, when you look at the team, when you look at these individuals like Bell and Av, and then you look at a play like that Jesse James play, where you have so much time left for two plays, and the coach isn't even huddling with the coach. Well, you see that—that's—I don't. You see, you just want to criticize Tom, and I'm not going to get into that. They <laughs> I mean, just—they just can't beat the Patriots. That's all. Here's a prediction: the Steelers. And I hate to say this, in the Ben era, their time will come and go, and they never will have eliminated the Patriots in a playoff game. And it pains me to predict that for Ben's sake. As far as everybody else is concerned, it makes me laugh. Ha <laughs> ha, like that laugh. I'm serious. When Ben retires, I'll be openly rooting for this team to lose. But then again, the guys I want to see lose, Bell will be gone, and A.B., write this in stone. The minute Ben retires, he will abandon ship like a rat when a ship is sinking. He'll do his damnedest to get somewhere else and not have to catch balls from Landry Jones or Mason Rudolph because he will see that as beneath him. You know how I know he'll see that as beneath him? Because when those guys were the only ones throwing balls at OTAs, he did not show up. Let's go to Matt, North Carolina. Matt, you're on with Mark. Hey, double M. Thanks for the call. Right. Hey, when is Tomlin going to get this locker room under control and be accountable for He's not going to, and there won't be accountability, so what's your next question? Well, I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned... Yeah, but this wasn't wasn't the question... Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. This wasn't the question I asked. This isn't a chance for you to vent about Tomlin, who has a lot of flaws, but his winning percentage is not to be argued with, although I don't think he's the kind of coach that gets a team over the top, as evidenced by the fact that he did at one point, but hasn't since. And the culture has changed for the worse drastically since then. A part of that's who's in the locker room and who isn't. When Farrier was there, when Pulamalu was there, when Kiesel was there, when Miller was there, when Hoke was there, it was different. And I know what you're thinking. You named all the white guys. You're a racist. Well, Troy's not white. Farrier wasn't white. Larry Foote's part of that group, too. Like, I have a hard time going through the Steeler lineup and finding guys I like. And, and you know what? I guess that doesn't matter. But it matters to me. And I have the microphone and you don't. Okay, like I'll give you an example. And here's something weird. Let's go through the offensive line. I had DeCastro on the show once. He was a dink. So I don't like him. And I've heard him act like a dink to the media otherwise, too. I think wave is a phony. Everybody loves Ramon Foster. Me, too. I used to hate Ponce and Gilbert because they, you know, were social media butterflies and had their priorities twisted. But those guys really double-crossed me. Oh, Ponce with the Hernandez hat, the free Hernandez hat. Those two guys really double-crossed me. You know how? They grew up. Who would have thought? So I do like those two guys. So that's three out of four offensive linemen I like. Don't like Bell. Do like Ben. The tight ends... I've had no dealing with any of them whatsoever, so we'll just call that a. a, a I mean, I, I I've never even. I close my eyes; I can't picture them talking or saying something. Uh, a B's a dink. Juju's a dink. The new kid, the rookie, I've never heard him say a word. I'm going to assume he's a dink. Okay, defensive line: Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, Javon Hargrave, the the best guys. That is the position on the Steelers where you have the best depth of nice guys. Uh, Vince, a circus clown. Bud Dupree doesn't seem like a bad guy. Just stinks. Uh, TJ Watt seems like an okay guy. Oh, that's because he's white, fat ass. No, you're wrong, because Tyler it seems a bit full of himself for somebody who can't play a lick. Uh, the new guys, Bostic and Burnett, I'll, I'll wait. Uh, Sean Davis and Artie Burns seem okay. I really respect what Artie Burns had to say about the National Anthem controversy. I know the Steelers would just assume their guys don't say anything about that, but Artie did and he said the right things. Mike Mitchell, gone, thank God, hated him. Who's the kicker? Who cares? He's only the kicker. So, so, so there, uh, I know the kicker's Boswell. Uh, so it's just, I just, there's a few guys to like, but there's really not that many, Right. I do miss, like, Kiesel and Farrier and Foote and those guys. What a great group that was. And it won. It got over the top, which was not coincidence. And like I've been saying all week on the show, well, all day yesterday after Antonio Brown's bizarre rant, and thats I want my questions answered. Is this the least likable Steeler team ever? Who's the least likable Steeler? Will that cause them trouble in terms of fan interest in the long run? Will it ever catch up with them? And do you think A.B. Uh, needs psychiatric help? Was yesterday a call for that psychiatric help? And I don't think you can dismiss that possibility. But like I said yesterday, I used to think Bettis and Ward had big egos and put themselves ahead of the team. After L. Bell and A. Brown, wow. I'm not going to say I was wrong about Jerome and Hines, but by comparison, those two guys... Knew how to self-promote, but they never damaged the team because of it. They knew where to draw the line, and I'm not so sure these two guys do. We got Dylan and Justin on hold. We'll get to them in a moment. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9.
2: And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Is Mark Madden. It is. A double N big fan.
1: I think there's a better chance of me and Selena Gomez being parents to triplets. The X at 105.9. Uh, Kenny... I assume this is Kenny from Turtle Creek. Kenneth Melvin tweets, I'm going to commit suicide. Thanks for pushing me over the edge. So if anybody knows Kenny, uh, please find him some help. I don't know if he's kidding or not kidding or whatever, but... uh, I'm wording this very carefully. Uh, I put on my show who I want to put on my show. Period. So, but uh, Kenny, we hope you're kidding. If you're not, get some help. If you, if anybody knows Kenny, please uh, make sure he doesn't do himself harm. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Dylan in Smithton. Dylan, you're on the Mark Madden
0: Show. How you doing, Mark? Good. Uh, I just want to talk about Bell and his holdout. Uh, I think he could, he's helping the team and hurting the team at the same time, but the distraction Oh, no,
1: first off, it's not a holdout. He is not under contract, and so is not beholden to the Steelers in any way, shape, or form.
0: Right, I just think that he is uh, a distraction, but he's also a distraction if he's not
1: there. A distraction is when he says something stupid, or when A.B. said something stupid. I have no problem with him staying away. I just don't. He's not beholden to be there. He's not under contract.
0: He just the other players are being asked about him every every day. It's something for them to think about and they're reaching out to him so you,
1: you know, yesterday <laughs> when yesterday when A B talked about Lev Bell, nobody asked him about Lev Bell. He just volunteered. They said, You guys are asking me about Lev Bell every day. Well yesterday they didn't but he still uh made that a topic.
2: Everything's about A B.
1: You know why, why is that what's wrong with that kid? Why is is that your kid that's crying?
0: Yeah, he's screaming.
1: What's the matter with him? He wants to him? talk to you, man. What's the matter with him? He wants the phone. He wants to talk to you. Put him on.
0: Hey, you want to talk to Mark Madden?
2: Yeah. Say hi. Hi, how Say you hi, doing? Mark Madden. Say hi. Hi.
1: It's Mark Madden you're talking to. Say hi. Hi. Okay, forget it. That's Get back on, buddy.
0: Hey, he's he's at a
1: loss for words, man. Yeah, you got the kid to shut up. You should be thanking me.
0: I oh, am. Yeah. Thank you,
1: Mark. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Justin in the car. Justin, you're on with Double M. Mark, how's it going? Terrific.
0: Hey, good. Uh, I got two two questions for you today. First question is about the uh, the Steelers here.
2: Now I know you you cover the Steelers a lot and uh, big Pittsburgh fan, big Steelers guy. But hey, I just got to disagree on how you uh, you talk about these Steelers. Okay. It's just it, you know, it it
1: it's it, it's not good to turn on one oh five nine and just hear all this bad mouth and and, and bull crap talking though. I mean, it's not, it's not three. bull crap. There's all first off there's all kinds of other stations if you consider those options. But but you know, thirteen and three says a lot, Mark. Yeah, it says they weren't good enough to beat New England. Again, that they weren't good enough to beat Jacksonville in one of two tries, that they weren't good enough to get to the Super Bowl. Now, if we have changed our expectations here in Pittsburgh and meaningless regular season fall to roll suddenly means something. Somebody should let me know that. But I I thought there was a higher standard here. Then again, I thought the team used to be run with a higher standard and have players who behaved and talked and conducted themselves in a higher standard, but but that clearly is dead as well. All right, well, Well, one more thing, Mark. Um,
2: now, I just got a quick question. How, how, how was it being uh, manhandled by Tank Abbott?
1: Uh, I got $3,000 extra for it. We rehearsed it. It was light as a feather. Uh, It's the kind of money that Uh, you will never make in in probably a week or a month even, and I made it in. How long do you think that took? You've obviously watched it, 30 seconds? Well, hey,
2: that's... Three grand
1: extra. Three grand. Three grand. I mean, have you ever seen three grand at one time? Answer the question. Have you ever seen three grand at one time? All for, all Have you weapons. ever seen three grand at one time? Let me make nah, it easier. Have you ever seen one grand at one time?
2: No, nah, hey. I knew you, you hadn't. Sports. Thank
1: you for the call. People act. that's referring to when Tank Abbott beat the hell out of me on WCW TV. Like that embarrassed me. I was part of a major wrestling angle on national TV. That was living the dream. Now I know people like that schmuck. I mean, you know, he's married to an ugly woman. His kids, if the daughter's pregnant, doesn't know the father is, the, the kids, you know, given, you know, cocaine, you know, you know, I think shatter should do be. So, you know, people hate me, but don't forget, hatred ain't nothing but love disguised by jealousy. And for whatever reason, I'm number one in my time slot again. It is great coming out here. You knowing I could treat anybody I want to like crap, and I'm still going to win every time. Up next, we talk hockey with Mike Rupp, 105.9. Right He's brittle. He's a mind. He's not an R. He's a brain. He's not a body. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, having trouble getting a hold of Mike Rupp. Let's face it, we all knew the show would go to excrement once hockey ended and until Steelers' training camp started. I thought minicamp would give us a bit of a reprieve, especially yesterday when AB went on that unhinged rant about, oh, poor, poor, pitiful me, the pressure, I don't feel free. Na, 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 I feel free. I feel... I have a reference for everything anybody says, be it in music or movies. Uh, we'll come up with something contrived and boring. So we'll try to get a little in the near future. Interesting tweet uh, quoting Hugh Jackson, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. He says the Browns are already studying the Pittsburgh Steelers, their opponent in the opener. Interesting. The Browns have a good offensive line, a good linebacking core, good weapons. I'm telling you, that first game, that opener at Cleveland is going to be a lot trickier for the Steelers than you would think at a glance. (laughs) Here's a quote now from IndyCamp. Keith Butler says, We got to stop the freaking run. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to do that with Bince and Dirty Red, an inside linebacker. I don't know if you're going to do that playing seven DBs and God knows how many safeties. Trying to cover up for the lack of inside backers. I don't know. And when a team says it can't stop the run, and that's the thing that has to be addressed, in a passing league, you wouldn't think that's damaging. But it sure was when Leonard Fournette ran over Pittsburgh and made guys like poor Bince into roadkill. Not once, but in two games. Last year. Uh, One of the weirdest stories, and and no news is broken today. It looks like they're trying to keep a pretty tight lid on it. it. Is the story coming out of Ottawa. Where Eric Carlson's wife, who is super hot. Says that Mike Hoffman's girlfriend has been harassing her. Cyber bullying her and stalking her online and which death upon her unborn child, which uh, was tragically stillborn. And after that, Hoffman's girlfriend said online, the baby never had a chance because uh, Mrs. Carlson was popping pain pills during pregnancy. Now, I don't know when uh, Eric Carlson's wife suspected that Hoffman's girlfriend was up to this, but they traced the IP address, To a computer located in Hoffman's home. Like I said, Mrs. Carlson is super hot. And uh, Hoffman's girlfriend, not his wife, but his girlfriend. Well, she looks like the kind of woman that would do this. I hate the stereotype, but there's just a touch of evil about her in her photos. So uh, Carlson was always going to get traded anyway this offseason. But I don't know where Hoffman's career goes from here. He's a decent player, not great, but an okay winger. If you were the Senators, would you want Hoffman to continue playing for you even while he's the significant other of this nut job? If you were another team, would you want to bring Hoffman in knowing that the girlfriend comes with him? I said earlier, and I repeat now, I think Hoffman has to dump this girl. If he wants his hockey career to continue unfettered, Mike Kaufman has to dump this nutcase because I don't think there's any getting past what this girl has done. I don't think it's something you could easily put in the rearview mirror. Okay, we're joined now by a man who won the Stanley Cup with the Devils in 03, played for the Penguins later. You can now see him on the NHL Network. He is Mike Rupp. Rupper, the Caps are having a good time with the Stanley Cup, and I'm curious. How much fun did you and the New Jersey Devils have with the Cup back in two thousand
0: three? No one will ever know because there's no social media back then. That's the good thing about being a dinosaur; we don't have Twitter and all that stuff to get everything around. But uh, hey, man, these guys are these guys are having a blast. Uh, you know, the the Cup is kind of the key to anything, and uh, wherever you're at, you, you can get in, uh, you can do whatever you want to do with that Stanley Cup, and. They're having a blast there. I just, you know, I think back. I mean, I was you know, I was a rookie, so I, I got to experience some of it. But then, you know, the veteran guys would take it off, and you wouldn't see it for a few days. So who knows what kind of escapades they went on then.
1: Now, where did you guys go to celebrate? Because your home rink was in the middle of nowhere. Newark is not a great option. I'm assuming you guys had to go into Manhattan, right?
0: Well, you know, for the parade, it was funny because that was a big reason why the the team wanted to go to to Newark is uh, New Jersey was more it didn't have a it didn't have a city the Devils didn't have a we city where the Meadowlands were on the swamp um you know so there was no parade the parade was in the parking lot of the Meadowlands which was basically a, they basically just put up a couple of risers and and had a stage and and all the fans came in there so it was it was, it was fun there was tons of fans there but you know um, I didn't get to experience what we saw in Pittsburgh and and going down, uh, Boulevard of the Allies and, and getting to experience those kind of things. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was one of the funniest things that we did. And, um, you know, I remember we had a couple limos. We were going on the Dave Letterman show with the cup and we're driving through, uh, we're driving through New York City and, and Colin White starts yelling from the back to the limo driver to pull over. And I don't know where, where we are in the city. I'm a young kid and we end up, all of us start piling out of the, the limo. We all have our jerseys on because we're going to the Letterman show and we go up on the steps of MSG with the Stanley Cup and, uh, we start just acting like idiots on the step and steps of MSG and all the, all the Ranger fans start yelling at us, just people passing by everyday New Yorkers that know exactly what we're doing. And I remember some of the boys were, we're yelling and we're yelling. there's the closest thing you're ever going to get to Stanley Cup, you know, <laughs> or whatever. And so, it, yeah, it's fun, man. It's it's you, you get bragging rights and and you got to milk it for everything it's worth.
1: Now, how did the Caps beat Vegas? What was the key to their victory? Because it seemed like Washington did a really good job in the neutral zone and kind of denied Vegas their speed. Is that accurate?
0: That's very accurate. They, you know what, the, the one thing I will say in this is not take anything away from the caps because they just got better every round. Um, Vegas didn't look like Vegas. So is part of that to do with their inexperience and did they finally get to the end of their rope? I think it maybe had a little bit to do with that, but I think a lot of the ways that you started noticing uh, as the series went on, Washington was, they were physical, they were fast, they were getting in there and pressuring them, but they were kind of picking and choosing their spots. They were going to be physical and fast in the defensive zone and the neutral zone. As far as getting in there on the four check they were okay with sending one guy in, just try to smoke the puck out, get it get it to go to one side and they're kind of sitting back. And I think Vegas I think the MO which Vegas has been all years, how fast this team is, they're quick, quick, quick. You got to play quick against them, which is true, but it also that would allow them to Use their speed to to create in the neutral zone. So I thought that they did a good job of, you know, defensively just cutting that ice. Maybe in the, maybe in the you know kind of two thirds of the ice they would sit back in, and they would just defend from there and kind of not much of a trap, but kind of just funnel the, the, the Vegas to a certain side of the ice. And I, they didn't they didn't come through the neutral neutral zone with speed. Well, right, the they
1: challenged thing. the puck up higher, is what I noted.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they that they. they so if you send if you're sending guys in, you're sending two guys in hard on the forecheck, and you get past that first layer. Now there's open ice. You got one forward that's he's not allowed to jump in and get a hit or to to he's just steering. He's just he's just kind of being a funnel for his D. So you know I think what what Washington was doing is they're sending one guy in, and now they're like we got two forwards back now, and now 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 we can still attack you, and and it really worked to their favor. Now Flurry didn't have a great
1: final. He didn't suck, but. Uh... Is it fair to say Vegas needed better?
0: Um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely think Flower Flower uh, had better, um, but I also think that the 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 high percentage you know chances that they're given up in front of him were nothing that they had in the playoffs. You know, when you look at some of the advanced. Stats and you're looking at the numbers. I mean, Vegas was giving up virtually nothing from the, uh, the house, uh, scoring chances against all playoffs long. And then all of a sudden they go against Washington. They give up nine in one game. And if you give nine slot opportunities away and they have a lot of goals that were east-west, you know, from one side of the, the zone to the other and one timers, I mean, the goalie's going to give something up. So I don't think Flower was at his best. I think in his head, he thought that um, you know, I think he's probably most disappointed because he was not able to steal them a game. But stealing the game is one thing. But they're giving up—they're giving up so many chances against it, they just—they just didn't do all year.
1: Why did Washington win this year when their roster was definitely better last year? How did they pick up that slack and in, in such impressive fashion too?
0: Yeah, it's hard to put a put a thumb on it. I mean, we all know they did do that. I, I think that. What I saw in the first round when they went down 0-2 to Columbus, okay, so they dropped their first two games at home. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this team's going to, it's going to happen again. And, and what do you do now? You have to just dismantle the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, for the first time, I saw them just grab, grab a bull by the horns and just, and just get every single player was dialed in and, 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 it had a, you know, had a lot of skin in the game. And it hasn't been the the story of the past. I mean, Ovi's always taken his abuse. But you could have argued in the past, too, where was Nick Backstrom in some of the prior years? Where was, you know, these other uh, players? that? Well, and Ovi always put
1: up the stats in the playoffs, even when they lost.
0: Yeah, he did. His numbers have always been good. But, you know, the, the biggest thing for me when you're looking at it here is let's look at, let's look at, Compared to the Pens in 16, okay, we know about the HBK line, which is huge. We know about Sid winning the Con Smite. Um, but I would even say during that playoff run, you didn't have everybody at their best. You know, you had a, a great line in HBK, and you had Sid who won the Con Smite, and then you got some, some solid goaltending. And, uh, you know, after that, um, that's generally how we, how we see teams win. Well, this year, you're looking at this Washington team, every role player was out of this world I mean I, you, Devontae Smith pelly Lars Eller, I mean uh, you can go on and on with the, the, their list of role player guys they're out playing Jonathan Marshall, William Carlson and all those guys on the other team. so and the difference is all of Washington's top guys were doing the, doing everything they needed to do as well. so it was really um, uh, it was really lopsided in the way that the players were contributing to their teams.
1: We're talking to Mike Rupp of the NHL Network, brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Um, where does this put Ovi now among the all-time greats? Is he top ten, and is he yet in a class with Sidney Crosby?
0: You know, what, I, I I would let me take the second one first. Uh, no, I don't think he's in the class of Sid, um, but I think now you can start calling him great. Uh, maybe some people were hesitant on doing that. I don't I don't agree with that. But now you can get that kind of out of, the, out of the equation. He's great. I think that even though I don't agree with it, um, I would consider OV probably in top 15 before this. Uh, some people would probably consider him 25, 30 of all time. And I think now that he's got his championship, I think he jumps up there in top 10. I mean, I, I think you have to. I think his numbers that he that he brings and now we got his title. Um, hey, listen, I don't know where, the way this summer is going to go, but if is any early indication right now this guy might be 30 pounds overweight next year so i don't know how much of a <laughs> <could be> consider
1: <laughs> now uh now let's stay with that Rupper can the caps repeat uh i don't see it this year kind of struck me as their last best chance and i think that desperation served them well by the way and if they lose john carlson then uh, no way
0: yeah it's going to be tough i think there's certain players who hey, it's always hard because Let's use for an example, Devontae Smith Pelly, how good he was for them in the playoffs. So he had seven goals in the playoffs. Uh, five of them were in the third periods. And so he was a guy who was on a two-way contract, so he could have been sent down at any point. Um, he was fighting to, for his NHL life, and he did great. And he found a home now. He's going to, most likely, I would assume they're going to do everything they can to re-sign him to bring him back. But now in his head, is he going to have that, is he still going to have that, that, you know, that, kind of lunch pail attitude because now he's going to get his one-way contract he's going to get paid well and, and all that stuff john carlson's another one uh, are they going to be able to pay and are willing to pay john carlson what teams like new jersey devils would love to offer him i i don't know i don't know if 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 they lose him that'd be very difficult i also think i think they you know i'm interested to see i know that everyone's saying the right things right now but Um, I'm still interested to see what happens with Barry Trotz. I I think Todd Reardon is that guy who's been waiting, and he's been more or less told that that's his job in the future. But no one saw this coming with Barry Trotz winning the Stanley Cup. So I I think there could be some definite changes there. Um, The core needs to still be the core. Kuznetsov, he's all world now. I expect him to be the same. But it's the hunger factor that you had a lot of guys trying to still – You know, Brett Connolly, who's a former first round pick from Tampa Bay Lightning, hasn't really found his way in the NHL. He has now, but is he gonna still have all the is he gonna play with the claws out all the time? I, I think there's still a lot. It's gonna be tough for them.
1: Can Vegas get back to the final? And Rupert, let me just predict. I think they'll have trouble making the playoffs next year. I just think that a team who does what they did with so many guys having career years is gonna hit a wall.
0: Yeah, I I think that there'll be a team that will probably, I I could still see them making it, but being one of the last teams getting in, the big year for me, I think they can maybe eke one more year out the way they are right now, and then it's decision time. After that, you're going to have contracts expiring, players contracts coming up where, you know, all these guys are coming in on somewhat similar deals, and they're all looking to make that big deal and, you know, get more ice time, get more opportunity, and they got that. Well, Vegas still right now and even into next year, they still don't have to pick who their guys are. But then uh, the following season, they're going to have to decide, all right, well, we're going to sign William Carlson to this. Well, what does that mean to Riley Smith? Or, you know, how is Riley Smith going to take that when Carlson gets his extension and he doesn't get it right now? Or what are you going to do with with Alex Tuck? Alex Tuck's one, you're going to have to get locked up. I mean, that guy's a, a perfect example of what I would consider, you know, we don't see offer sheets written. But he's one I'd write one on and Eric Holland. And, you know, you, there's a lot of players where we're gonna, you're going to have to pick and choose. Now you're going to have to operate like a normal hockey team. They haven't had, had to really do that in this first year. And it's been great and they've handled everything seamlessly, but, um, I'd say they got one more year and I think they'll, they recognize that and they're going to try to make a splash year in free agency to see if they can get back to the finals this next year.
1: Uh, where will Tavares, John Carlson, and Eric Carlson end up? Uh, those are the three big names likely to move this off-season. Tavares and John Carlson, free agents. Eric Carlson going to get traded. Where do they go?
0: Well, at the deadline, there we we all know it was well documented. And I got I got confirmation during the finals that Eric Carlson was a done deal to Vegas. Uh, the only thing they're having issues with was his extension, and unable to get that situated, they had to. They had to pull the plug on it, but he was going to be a golden knight. Uh, John Carlson, you know, New Jersey born and raised. Uh, The the perfect fit for me is is New Jersey Devils. I think uh, Ray Shiro commits a lot to him, so I don't know if that if there's any anything that uh, gets him into Jersey. Um, I'm not sure if Washington will be able to give him what what Jersey does. So is he going to take the uh, Washington discount? And then John Tavares, I, I don't know, I, I, still kinda, I, I, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say he's 60-40 staying in, staying in, uh, New York. Um, I just don't think there's that many teams out there that A, are a sexy enough pick for him, and B, that are able to do that. I mean, he's gonna get paid a lot of money, probably too much money for where he's at in his career, and, uh, I think the best place for him probably is just to stick it with the Islanders now with Lou Memorillo at, at the helm. We know who screwed
1: up, I thought, was Toronto. And I understand Patrick Marlowe did a lot for their team, but they'd have been better off waiting a year and saving that money for Tavares because I think they could have definitely got him.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And then, you know, you look now, too, you look at Austin Matthews switching agents, and whose agent does he switch? He, he goes and he gets Connor McDavid's agent. So you're telling me now with the same guy who did the 12.5 deal for Connor McDavid, he's not going to try to maximize Austin Matthews and, and get every dime that, that he's owed, too. So. Toronto's got some, some tough decisions to be, to be made. And that's a great point. Patrick Marlowe, you know, it, it ended up being a great deal for them this past year, but they still got years and a lot of money locked up for this guy who's, you know, what is he, 40, 40 years old. So, um, you know, they, it's going to be tough. This is where the rubber meets the road for some of these teams. You, you get, when you have players on entry level deals, you can kind of skate by looking okay. But now when those deals come up, that's where you got to operate, like some of the other big dogs in the league.
1: Rupp,er great stuff. Thank you for today. Thank you for your great expertise and analysis all season, and I hope we do it next year. Thanks so much.
0: Absolutely, thanks, man.
1: That's Mike Rupp. Uh, just love having that guy on. Just uh, he has a gift among ex players that they don't all. Weeks he has it too. They make the hockey talk accessible, Borky. You know, it's not all you know, coach speak or. You know, press box speak. They just make the analysis so accessible. I appreciate, and I know you guys do too. Up next, we'll talk to Bob McLaughlin uh, at 5 o'clock, one of my funniest segments ever, unless it sucks. 105.9.
2: And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Just
1: all kinds of loose women. Women in various states of moral decay. (laughs) I wasn't kidding. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob, uh, we talked briefly yesterday about the... Story in Ottawa where the girlfriend of Ottawa player Mike Hoffman was cyberbullying and harassing the wife of defenseman Eric Carlson. Uh, Not much new news is broken, except it looks like she's guilty because it's been traced to an IP address in the Hoffman household. Uh, Where does it go from here? I mean, Eric Carlson was going to be traded anyway, but what's this do to Mike Hoffman's career? If you're the Ottawa Senators, do you still want Mike Hoffman? Or really, if you're any team for that matter. Do you want this guy if he's still with that woman?
2: Well, if I'm Mike Hoffman, you know, I am getting a team together right now of people who handle cases like this because he stands to lose a ton of money on this. Um, And like you just said, it certainly looks like it was her Uh, from all the Canadian reports that I've read. It was sort of an open secret. During this season, that there was something going on, but some people, a lot of people, didn't know the depths or to how bad it really was, and some of the things that were well, said. And I
1: don't think it could be proven or, or was proven, rather, till recently.
2: Correct, correct. And it's well, it still hasn't been proven all the way. I mean, the quote from well, Hoffman, either she
1: did it or Mike Hoffman did it. Yeah,
2: and he says a hundred and fifty percent chance that it was not them.
1: That's Canada. He's a scale of two hundred.
2: Yeah, and well. I mean, it's not just girlfriend, it's fiance. So, A, well, he's got Well, if you were some, him,
1: wouldn't you dump her?
2: Oh, if it, if it was her? Yeah, how can you be with somebody that did that? Well, not only I'll,
1: that, how can you ruin your career for the sake of somebody who did that?
2: Yeah, and obviously I'm not in his, you know, shoes right now. But for somebody to go after, you know, somebody who just lost a kid...
1: Now, now that, how, and, did, how did the Carlson's not go to management, you know, long ago to the senator's uh, ownership? How could you just let this go on?
2: Yeah, you don't, I guess at this point in the story right now, Mark, we don't know what they did or to what detail they did. Um, you know, we heard most of this yesterday. There's been nothing new today, so they're really keeping a lid on it. But I Well, think no, that, they've,
1: they've locked it down because the, yeah. the Hoffmans now are referring all inquiries to their criminal lawyer and not their age, So right. there you go.
2: And, well, that's him doing his due diligence. He has to find out. I mean, if there's proof that this came from his house or his IP address or that anybody in his household had anything to do with it, he's got to cut ties with why, that person. Why wouldn't
1: Eric Carlson go to Mike Hoffman in no uncertain terms and say, look, this has to stop or I'm going to get you out of here? Because let's face it, Eric Carlson's going to win any argument with any player on that team. Well, I don't know. He's halfway out the door. But you, you get my drift. Sure. He has a lot of stroke there, and he obviously let this go on.
2: Well, we don't know that, though. That's just it. When the details come out about this, we don't know how active or proactive you know, Carlson was in this. And, of course, if you're Hoffman and you don't know about it or you don't believe it, you're just going to say it's not us. Hey, it's not us. We're not responsible for this. We don't know anything about it. But as the facts come out of it and they learn that they did, well, then there's, that's got to be Hoffman's walking papers out of there, too, even if they lose Carlson. Hoffman can't stay there. You don't want somebody like. Well, unless it was all his wife. Let me qualify that by saying, unless it was his fiance and he had nothing to do with it, that's the only reason he stays there.
1: Bob, real quick, can Washington win again next year?
2: Yeah, they can. I think they. I don't think they will. I think it'll be too tough. Too much competition out there, and they've got some big changes. Well, what if Carlson coming.
1: goes, the defenseman, then by free no. agency?
2: No. If, if Trotz he leaves, goes, if he if,
1: leaves, you don't figure they have a chance.
2: If he leaves, no, I do not think that they have a chance.
1: I I think they could win with Todd Reardon as the head coach if they had Carlson back, but I think that's the key. What about Washington? I'm on record as saying I think they'll have trouble making the playoffs next year. Oh, the Golden Knights?
2: Yeah. Excuse Uh, me, Vegas, yeah. I think the Golden Knights do have a shot at making the playoffs, Mark, but nowhere near the run that they had this year. I mean, everything went well for them. And don't you
1: think think their playoff status will be in doubt late in the season? They'll have to battle for it.
2: Depends on what the rough season is. They still got some money to spend. There's some big names out there that could really help them. Um I don't see Flurry falling off a cliff, obviously, and they won't have massive changes.
1: I could but, see I could see William Carlson falling off a cliff. I could see him going from forty three goals to like fourteen. I sure, really could. Short sure, from where Martin, he
2: came last year. March yeah. is
1: so too. I mean, yeah. a lot of guys for them had career years. Alex Tuck that you could never expect that from again. Never.
2: Yeah, but look at how they made the playoffs this year, Mark. They were top you know, in their, comf- top in their division. They made it pretty handedly. That's still a pretty far fall to not make it at all. Well,
1: they won't sneak up on anybody next year. It, part,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you 84 Lumber. Up next, I think it's a really funny bit, and if you want a preview of it, go to the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, what I'm about to do on on. The air is an expanded version of that, but I have spent so much time thinking this is really funny, but now I think it might not be. So uh, call 412 afterwards, four one two three three wxdx and go online, go to at atmarkmadinx and tell me if it's as funny as I think it is. But I think it's really funny. Hold on, let me make sure I have it in front of me before we, okay, in 30 seconds, something that may or may not be really funny. I mean, really funny. Now, you're smart. Now I don't even want to do it. 105.9.